Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, September 7, 2014. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator. The share ID for Friday, September 5th, is 6819. 6819. This morning, A Vision for You presents The Stream of Life. Living in Steps 10, 11, and 12. By completing Steps 1 through 9, we have been transformed. When we finish Step 9, we experience the promises. We have recovered. The channel of grace in us is cleared. The sunlight of the Spirit deep down inside us is allowed to shine up and through us. We are restored to sanity. The problem has been removed. The only requirement is that we stay in fit spiritual condition. Steps 10, 11, and 12 are designed to help us continue our spiritual growth. Here to speak this morning on the stream of life is Terry H., Terry is a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine who is dedicated to helping others and carrying this message of recovery. And welcome to A Vision for You, Terry. Good morning. My name is Terry. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. And um, I'm so grateful to be here on the line with you this morning. Um, I would like to share with you um, a little bit about my story before I get into the stream of life, living in 10, 11, and 12. And um, uh, I'd like to just kind of share with you my last binge. Um, You know, my first bottom, you know, I I got to OA in 2000. Um, That was my first bottom. I had no idea that um, I had a problem and that I had a twofold disease. I came into program, um, I was given a food plan, a sponsor, I found a sponsor and I was uh, attending meetings, but no step work. And today I know that um, having a sponsor and going to meetings and not working the steps is like painting over rust. It looks good on the outside, but underneath you still have rust. Um, I decided to leave program after three months of success weight loss. Um, I thought I could do the job by myself. and. Um, I was on my way. I had left program. Um, And one month after leaving program, I picked up something that was not on my food plan, and that one thing took me out for a four-year binge. And that was um, a lot of pain and a um, a lot of weight gain and a lot of brokenness. So I always say my last bottom got me to uh, my first bottom got me to OA and my last bottom got me to God um, because that's when um, I took took the program I took the action to um, come into program back in 2004. Um, my last day um, was July 9th, um, 2010 was my last day of my binge. Um, I remember going to work that morning. Um, my binge, my binge uh, consisted of 16 flour and sugar products with uh, two salads in, in there somewhere. Um, you see, I, I would, I would tell myself a lie. You know, those two salads. You know, it wasn't that bad. Um, I would believe the lie, and the lie would become my truth. And and that was my story, my ongoing story for so many years of of overeating. You know, I would always believe the truth. You know, I'd always believe the lie and then run run smack into the truth. Um, I remember that morning, July 9th, I remember having to be at work at 5 in the morning. Um, time to make the donuts. Yes, um, my place of employment was um, in the bakery department, uh, a job that I kept for 27 years. Um, on July 9th, that morning, um, I remember driving to work, hitting two um, binge places before arriving at work, and then hitting the vending machine upstairs in the break room to have my stash all day long, my, my all day long stash in my pockets. Um, I finished work that day, um, and I worked, uh, uh, you know, I worked from 5 to 1.30 that day. And I just remember driving home, hitting two more fast fast food places on the way home, and saying to myself, 
Terry, you're eating without your permission. You don't really want to do this. And um, I remember I just, I bursted out into tears because um, I knew, like, I had now, I now knew, like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to live this way. And there were so many mornings that I get up and not just wanting to live. And I would, um, you know, I would show up and um, not, not, really, not really present for my job or, or for others. And I remember driving home that, that day and, and just bawling like a baby and saying to myself, you are, you, you, are now, you are now eating without your permission and you are killing yourself. And I, was, I, you know, I, I cried all the way home and I, I pulled over to the side of the road and I just, I just cried out to God. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm killing myself. I need your help. And that was the day. Um, that was the day of my new journey. Um, I put down the food July 9th, 2010, and I went to my first. My my. I went back to OA um, that next day. I found a sponsor that had um, that had uh, you know experience with the book, the big book. And we were on our way. I, um, I had one day of abstinence, and I began to do the work. So now I just want to share, and I'd like to just share, you know, before I get into 10, 11, and 12, you know, some of my journey on, on the first nine steps and, you know, how how it began for me. We opened the book, and um, the sponsor, you know, she took me through the set-aside prayer, which is such a beautiful prayer, and um, she said, you know, Terry, it's about setting aside everything that you think you know. And that set-aside prayer, you know, opened me up to a new, a new world. You know, the set-aside prayer is just, God, please set aside everything that, I, everything that I think I know about myself. The 12 steps, the big book, my disease, and you, God, so that I may have an open mind, an open heart, and a new experience with all these things. Let me, please let me see the truth. And that was the beginning of, of, of opening the book. And we began to go through, you know, we began to go through the prefects. Um, the first promise of the, of, the, of the book, the title page, and then the prefix, and then the forwards, and then into the doctor's opinion, we went. Um, you know, step one for me was looking at the craving of the body, um, the obsession of the mind, and I came to the arrival that I had no mental defense, that I had committed um, the most insane act while cold stone abstinent in 2000 when I picked up that, that one thing that was not on my food plan. And the question for me was, did I need this power or did I have this power to continue to, to um, not eat? And I knew from that that um, the answer was <laughs> I did not have the power. And uh, I had to look at the unmanageability in my life, you know, my spirituality, um, my being untreated for those, those three months while the food was down, which was going on long before I even, you know, my, my problem was even treated. Um, so I knew, like, I was powerless over food because I had tried it so many years, um, you know, 27 years being in the baker department and, and 20 of those years binging, you know. Um, step two for me was just my need for this power, which for me was never a problem. You know, I came into I came into the program agnostic. You know, I always believed there was a God, but I just didn't know that God. And I, you know, the sponsor just told me I just had to come come up with a concept that worked for me you know, that I had to um, really start believing that this God could also help me with putting down the food and, and keeping the food down. You know, on page 55, you know, it said that um, I would find this great reality deep down within, and, and that was a new idea for me because I had always, you know, I always thought I, I had to really get good to go to God, and, and you know, the sponsor said, Terry, you don't have to get good to go to God, you just have to go. And I could do that. I could just, I could have the willingness to believe that there was, you know, this power that wanted to help me to uh, live this this life that I had I had never known before. And um, you know, and she had pointed out, you know, lack of power is my dilemma. So with this power, maybe no dilemma. And um, I could I could wrap my I could wrap my head around that. You know, we moved into step three, and I had come up against, you know. I had come up against was I convinced that any life run on self-will could hardly be a success and I knew that it wasn't and it couldn't be a success because I had tried so many years of trying to do it on my own and and this was you know for me this was the first requirement and, and did I meet this requirement before I made the decision to have this relationship with this power and I needed to make the decision to take the step 
to experience this power that I could not even comprehend, only experience. And I knew, like, I was so ready at the time because I just, I, I knew that I wanted to, to have, I, w- I knew I wanted to live differently. I, I just knew and I was willing to believe whatever I needed to do that this, to do the rest of the steps, you know, taking this third step was that commitment, a spiritual agreement to God to take the rest of the steps and doing four through nine and living in 10, 11, and 12. So we um, we took the third step together and, and um, you know, it was an incredible prayer. You know, um, I had no idea what, what this prayer was about, you know, about to do for me. You know, step step three was, you know, an active prayer for me. It was the first first time that, you know, active communication with God. And, I had no idea where what this prayer was going to do for me. Um, I immediately began step four. Um, you know, uh, step four says to be faced, 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 and to be rid of the things that were blocking me from this power that I needed. The book also introduced me to this problem, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't for me the first time I saw that it wasn't about the food and the weight. You know, it told me that my it was only a symptom, and that my troubles were my my own making, and that selfish self-centeredness was the root of my troubles. So I began to write the three inventories: resentment, fear, and sex. Um, all the manifestations of self that are run on self-will when I when I'm separated from everything and everyone, and I get to see where self-reliance failed me over and over and over again, and I begin to see the patterns of my selfishness and my self-centeredness throughout my inventory. You know, it took me, um, you know, I had three weeks to do my inventory. Um, I had done, you know, I I had done a sex ideal at the end of the sex inventory, which I had never, I had never experienced. Um, I had a lot of problems with relationships and I never understood why I had problems with relationships and it was because I didn't have a sex ideal. I had nothing to live up to. And um, that sex ideal, you know, I, I created that, and you know, with the help of help of God, and you know, I have that sex ideal today, and it's been a huge, a huge, um, just a, a great, great aspect of my life. It, it has changed my life. I took a fifth step with that sponsor. You know, I started to disconnect from ego and begin to have a spiritual experience. Um, you know, step six. You know, the, the step six was about me letting go, and 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 step seven was um, me letting God. Um, I started to connect with God. Why did I start to connect with God? Was um, was a lot of those things that were blocking me. You know, God removed from me in steps four, five, six, and seven. I began to feel the nearness of my Creator, and the fifth step promises were really happening for me. Um, I just could not believe this process. Um, after I after I had read my steps, you know, read read my fifth step to my sponsor, you know, step eight, you know, I went I went immediately into you know I did four, five, six, and seven in one day. Step eight was you know I made my list um, from step four. Um, step nine was you know I, I I started to go out to make my amends with the help of a guide. Um, this was the stuff that I I really felt the oneness with my with 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 his power. And any time, you know, that I would say no, um, my sponsor pointed out that I was I was um, shutting myself off from the sunlight of the spirit. And I have had a lot, lots of great amends story. And you know, I like to just kind of share some of those because, um, you know, it's really where I get to see the presence of God. You know, that sponsor. Um, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for sponsorship. I have to say that um, with good guidance. And and she had a lot of experience with nine and. You know, some of the things um, in my my ninth step amends were, you know, I had a lot of financial amends, a lot of financial amends. You know, you figure uh, 20 years of, you know, being in the bakery department and, um, you know, eating, you know, eating food that, you know, wasn't paid for and, you know, um, just just helping myself um, from, you know, the time I went into work to the time I left. And so a lot of financial amends. And, and uh, at the time, I was... <laughs> I was pretty. I was still, you know, still, uh, you know, into myself and really being self-centered. And you know, I would go to work. You know, still going to work and you know, buying coffees and you know, getting my nails done. And she pointed out to me. She said, "Terry, you know, you have financial amends." And I just, you know, I would always say, "Well, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't have enough money." You know. And she said, "Well, if you, 
She said, if you have money to buy coffee, you have money to make your amends. And she said, I want you to start getting envelopes together, you know, and, and uh, marking those envelopes and putting money in those envelopes every week when you get paid. And I was also getting my nails done, and she would say, Terry, if you're getting your nails done, then you have money to make your amends. So off came the nails. She said, what are you willing to do to have, you know, what are you willing to give up to have a relationship with God? And I knew, like, this was this was not about me anymore. This was about moving away from self and moving closer to God. And um, I began to make my financial amends. And, you know, I also, at the time, I, you know, I had a motorcycle and, you know that that sponsor. She was very, she was very like nine step, uh, you know nine step sponsor. Like she was not she was not going to listen to anything that I had to say. And uh, you know she said, Terry, if you have a motorcycle, you know, and you have money to put gas in that motorcycle, she said you have money to make your financial amends. So you know I said okay, and I I ended up selling that motorcycle and. Um, so that I could have more money to make my amends. And she kept saying, what are you willing to give up to have a relationship with God? And um, the last, you know, the last of that that I'd like to share, because this is really where my sex ideal came into play with um, with my nine-step amends, I, I had sold just about everything that I could think of, and I was really making great headway with my financial amends. And, um, I was living in a one-bedroom apartment at the time, and uh, I I didn't really know what more to do. And I called her up one day because I was doing prayer meditation, and this thought came came to me that you know if I was to find you know a little a little old lady that I could live with you know and just rent a room that I could still you know I'd, I'd save a lot of money and, and be able to make you know uh, you know more more financial amends and. So I, I bumped into um, a person in, in the fellowship, and and he was a great community, you know, a great part of the community, and did a lot of work in the community. And I'd asked, you know, if he knew of anybody that or, or anybody that was looking for a roommate. You know, I was particularly looking for a, just a little old lady that wanted to have companionship, not not to be taken care of, but just to have companionship and and to rent out a room. And um, a month later, you know, I bumped into this person. And, and he said, I haven't found the little old lady that you're looking for, but I have a room that you can rent. And um, he said, my daughter just moved out, and um, you know, I'm willing to rent it out, and I'd like to offer it to you first. And so I, I, uh, I talked, you know, I talked it out, and I prayed about it, and you know, I talked it with my sponsor, and, and I ended up renting the room, so I was able to save, you know, this big chunk of money a month. And uh, I. Um, it was just it was it was such a great great experience for me um and I began to continue to be able to save money and uh continue to make my financial amends um that that um you know I had no idea what God's plan was for me i uh you know I continued to uh i actually picked up a second job so that I could continue with my financial amends and through this process, I had no idea what what God's plan was. Um, you know, step nine. You know, I, I made my amends. I finally finished my amends, and um, I got to see you know this power which uh, brought me into this new, new dimension. Was um, because I had you know I had so much fear, and I've learned that you know four and nine is where you know where we usually balk, and you know nine is the step that will always take me back to the food if I don't continue to. To uh, you know, just do do the do the process and 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 clean up clean up clean up my past. Um, you know, steps um, steps one through nine were my launching pad into ten, eleven, and twelve. And I have to say, you know, to end my ninth step um, amend story, um, that that person that I moved into um, with is now my husband. And, um, you know, I had no idea that, you know, God had a much bigger plan for me. Um, I had no idea that, um, I, you know, I said to myself, I would, you know, I would I would never get married again. And, and God had a much bigger plan. And, you know, and that was through through the amends process. So steps one through nine has been my launching pad into, you know, 10, 11, and 12. And, you know, I just like to go into 10 because that has been really, for me, where, where um, 
it's been such a beautiful, I just love love all the steps, but um, 10, 11, and 12 has really been the crux of my program. Um, so, you know, it says this, this thought brings us to step 10, so um, the thought is, that, you know, they will always materialize if we work for them in step 9, and um, we continue to take personal inventory and set, set right any new mistakes as we go along. So this tells me, um, you know, it has the word continue in step 10 for four times. And, you know, I just know, like, it, it had never said in the book, you know, Terry, you're done. You know, you've done enough. And, you know, you can, you can start resting on your laurels. This book gives me clear-cut direction on, you know, to continue to take personal inventory. And, and that has been really the gift for me, um, you know, to do you know, a 10-step on a daily basis when needed, when they crop up, you know, it gives us clear-cut directions, you know, we ask God to remove them at once, you know, when selfishness, dishonesty, and resentment and fear come up, um, you know, we discuss them with someone immediately, you know, we've learned to do that in step five, we make amends quickly, which is steps eight and nine, and then we resolutely turn, which is step 12, to our thought, you know, the thoughts to someone we can help, love and tolerance is our code. So I begin to see, like, step 10 for me is it, it brings me to the balance, and, and the balance is God, and I get to live in the fellowship of the Spirit. You know, I do 10-step ten, ten inventory all, all throughout the day. You know, I have a support network that I, that I use um, that I can text or call at any time, and, you know, the code word for me when I have a 10-step is, you know, I'll text somebody and say I have an immediate, because it says... And, you know, in step 10, it says we immediately discuss this um, with someone. And um, so when I, when I send that immediate, you know, that support system knows exactly what, I, what I'm looking for, and that's to do a step 10. Um, uh, you know, the promises in step 10, you know, I, uh, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, in our case, food. You know, for, time, for this time, sanity will have returned. Um, so I'm now restored. I'm restored to sanity. Um, you know, we will seldom be interested in liquor. And I love that line because it doesn't say we will never be interested in liquor. It says we'll, the thoughts, you know, the thoughts will seldom be interested in, in liquor, which is, in our case, food. If we are tempted, we, we recoil from it from a hot flame. So... You know, I had I had that experience. You know, um, 20 years in the baker department, and you know, um, the last 10 years out of it. And so I know, like, we can go anywhere as long as we're spiritually fit. And I am recovered, and um, the food does not it does not call to me today. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, step 10, you know, also tells me that you know it's easy to let up on the, my spiritual program of action to rest on my laurels. Um, you know, and this is a warning for me, you know, um, because I'm headed for trouble if I do, you know, um, you know, it's, it's continued. It's a, it's a daily, it's a, I get a daily reprieve, you know, living in 10, 11, and 12, and I have to have, I have to have this daily reprieve for me, you know, because if I start resting on my laurels, then um, I'm going backwards. I'm going, I'm going backwards. And, you know, it says every day is a day we must carry the vision of God's will into all of our activities. You know, how can I best serve thee? So this is about moving away from self and, you know, really getting away from self and taking, cleaning up, cleaning up. I call this step the growth step. And um, it's, just, it's such a beautiful step. Um, step 11 for me, um, this is, um, I love this step and I've shared this step quite a bit. Um, there's no wrong way to do step 11. Um, you know, I have found the only wrong way is not to do it. Um, I was taught early on to set, you know, set myself a timer for, to start out with three minutes. Um, you know, step 11 is all about prayer meditation, and I kind of like to just share with, with some of the things that I do in step 11. There's so many beautiful prayers in here. Um, you know, there's like four, 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 four prayers in here that um, tell me exactly what to do in step 11. And some of the things that I do, um, you know, I, I, I do this the nightly review, the evening review, and share it with another recovered compulsive eater the next day. And I've done that for the last um, last three years, faithfully. Um, in the morning, I start out with a third, 
the seventh step and the ninth step spouse prayer and, and on on awakening prayer I start with that before I go into meditation. Um I do a I do a half an hour meditation just sitting. Um I pay attention to any intuitive thoughts and um I, I know I follow through with them. So that might look like, you know, if, if a name comes up in meditation or just something that's not my thoughts. I really I really pay attention to to that and I really I, I call those those are the God thoughts. They're not mine. Um the things that I do throughout the day for conscious contact with God, um is I do the prayers, you know, throughout the day. You know, it might look like the Serenity Prayer, the third step. Um and there's some great prayers in here. You know, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially from, that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. Um, we also ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. Relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. So I don't, you know, I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to struggle all day long if I'm if I'm staying connected. Um, some of the other things that I do, um, other than prayer throughout the day. Um, I have a chime on my watch that goes off every hour. Um, that's my reminder to check in with God. And um, I I love this one that I do um, all throughout the day. It's um, every doorway I walk through, I give God a smile or a kind word. Um, so there's, there's not anywhere that you can't go and, and find a doorway. Um, and every incoming phone call, I invite God in before I pick up the phone. And a couple other things that I've added, um, because it always changes. Um, every red light that I come to, I connect with God and just, you know, get connected and just say, you know, some kind words or thank you. Or um, And the other thing that I've added is, you know, if I see a red car um, on the road, <laughs> that's my sign to check in with God, too. Um, I also pray with others. You know, I read some outside literature. Um, my husband and I, we do a daily a daily prayer together and some inspirational readings before we start our day. And that's, you know, that has really been the crux of Step 11 for me. Um, you know, I I don't do this, you know, I don't do Step 11 perfectly, but, I, you know, it's become part of who I am today, and I just know I have a much better day when, when I'm connected to God, and I take the time to go into prayer meditation and you know I, I've had a lot of spiritual teachers along the way and one one spiritual teacher she said you know if if you're not making time for prayer meditation it's just because it's not that you don't have time it's because you, you're not making it a priority and that has really really stuck with me along my journey um, step 12 um, having had a spiritual result spiritual awakening as the result of these steps you know, we try to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And my experience with Step 12 is um, as I awaken to this presence of God, um, you know, this presence of God that has so much love for me, my life has become become filled with um, purpose and meaning, and it's, it's really staying in God's grace. You know, for me, it's like an alarm clock. Um, Going off in the morning, you know, the alarm clock will wake me up. But unless I take the steps, I will fall right back to sleep. And um, so I need to take the steps to um, get up and wake up with God. And I get to pass on this gift. Um, you know, step uh, step twelve. You know, says you can you can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they are very ill. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is the experience you must not miss. And step twelve for me is um, continuing to do um, you know one through eleven and passing on this gift that was so freely given to me. And I'm so grateful that um, I get to do this one day at a time and, you know, to be able to help others. And it's it's not up to me in the outcome, and, and that has been my experience. I just, I get to show up and let God, you know, let God do the work. And, um, you know, it's just been a, it's been a blessing to be on this journey and uh, to be able to share, you know, this uh, living in 10, 11, and 12 has made the hugest difference for me in my life. Um and I'm so grateful that I have all all my support system out there and and that I get to uh you know just 
pick up the phone and if I'm if I'm full of fear or, or resentment that I can talk about that and, and get it out of my head and, and go about my day and to help others because I want to stay unblocked from God because it's it's really it's not about me today. It's about um just being of maximum service to God and to others. And with that I, I believe that's that's it, Leah. Thanks for letting me share and with that I'll pass. Thank you very much, Terry, for your presentation this morning. We will offer contact information at the conclusion of this recording. And now we're going to open the floor for any question and answer questions, actually, that you may have for Terry. And you can do this by pressing star 1 to unmute. This is Sarah. May I share? May I ask a question? Yes, please go ahead with your question. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you, Lane. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Terry. So good to hear you on the line. You did a beautiful job. I just loved hearing it. Um, I just um, I had a question as far as how you deal with people, you know, since we're talking about sponsorship also with a 12-step, um, how you deal with people that uh, are struggling, slipping and sliding? Um, do you let them go? Do you... Um, bring them back through? Do you have a certain method in which you uh, offer support and um, and God's good orderly direction in that sense? Thank you. Thanks, Sarah, for the question. It's a, it's a great question. Um, for me, I, you know, I kind of hang in there with, with them for a little bit, um, not forever because, you know, um, I always take them back to, you know, what is their, what is their binge food? You know, I do the, the red light, yellow light, and green light and, and see where they are with that. Um, I give them a couple chances, and then um, if they continue to, they continue to pick up the food, it just tells me that they're not ready. And, you know, I will, I, it's kind of funny because I just, it's not funny, but um, I just had this experience and it's funny that we're talking about it. I just had this experience with a woman that I had been working with for about three months, and she picked up the food. She was at a wedding, and she she decided to pick up the food, and she was actually moving into step four, and I had had the conversation with her, and I told her to take it into prayer meditation to see if she was really ready and that we would we would start, you know, we would go over the doctor's opinion if she wanted to continue to do the work, and uh, it was three days later she called and um, because she had, you know, I told her she might not be done and that it wasn't up to me. You know, it wasn't it wasn't between me and her. It was between her and God. And, you know, she, we had done steps one, two, and three, so she knew, like, her, she, I mean, she was definitely a compulsive overeater. We had figured that out. But it was really about willing, you know, her willingness to surrender and to really say that she was powerless. It really had to go from her head to her heart. And, um, you know, she called me three days later and said that she was ready and willing. So we went back over to the doctor's opinion. And then, um, you know, I hit a couple points in, in step one for her and, um, you know, asked her if she was ready. And she's doing, you know, she took the third step again and we're in four again. So, so I, hope that, I hope that answers your question. Oh, beautiful. Thank you, Terry. Mm-hmm. Thank, thank you, Sarah, for the question. Who's next? Who's next? Anne Marie. It's Helen. Anne Marie, please, and then Helen. Go ahead. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Leah, for your service. And thanks, Terry, for sharing all that you did. Um, you said that in, I heard that you said in step 11, um, uh, if you have, if, if a thought comes to mind, if it's an intuitive thought, um, then you really uh, focus on that. And my question is, how do you know if it's an intuitive thought or if it's um, just one of your thoughts. The reason why I ask is because when I meditate, I often start thinking about different things and I I don't think they're they're intuitive. I don't think they're, um, they're from God. So I don't know, maybe you don't have that problem, but do you, how do you know it's an intuitive thought and to really focus on that? Thanks. Well, thanks for the question. Um, I can totally identify with you. Um, I know there's there's times when I'm when I'm in med- meditation, and I, I I share this quite often that sometimes when I'm in meditation, and 
it, it's really about focusing on breath, you know, coming back to breath. And I've learned in meditation that sometimes the reason that I didn't do it in the past was because I thought I could stop my mind, you know, from thinking. And, and that's part of the process that I have no control over my mind. That, you know, so when I'm in meditation, sometimes it looks like, you know, um, I'll be sitting there and I'll be saying, where am I going to put my Christmas tree? Or, you know, um, what do I need to do today? I mean, my mind's going everywhere. And what I've been taught is when that happens, is to say to that thought, thanks for sharing, and then come back to breath. And, and it's been really helpful. So how I know that it's an intuitive thought is like when I'm really focusing on breath and something comes up, like maybe a name or a person, a name of a person that I haven't talked to for a while, or um, just something that I would, it, I just know, like intuitively, I know that sixth sense that this, they talk about in step ten. Like I just, I know, like it's not my thought because my mo is not to think of others or not to be God, you know, God um, thinking, you know, thinking on God's line. So it's, it's really about those thoughts of of uh, calling somebody that I haven't seen or heard from in in years. You know, I know that's not that's not my thought. So that's when I. After I come out of meditation, I write down those things that I didn't think of, you know, and that God and God gave to me in, in the meditation. And it's quite beautiful. Um, it's quite beautiful, especially when when I've acted on them. Like I've had so many people. Like I might just throw a text and just say, "Thinking of you today," and that's it, with no expectations of a return response. And I've had so many people come back and say, "You know that." That text was came in at the perfect time. I had been struggling with this or that, and so those are some of the benefits that you get when you intuitively just act on what what weren't your thoughts in, in step eleven in the meditation. Thank you. Thanks, Anne Marie, for the question. Now, Helen, please. Thank you, um, thank you, Leah. Thank you, Terry, for this amazing uh, share. Um, you mentioned the set aside prayer. Um, is what? Where do you get that? Where did you get that prayer? Um, that was a prayer that was passed on to me. Um, not really sure where it came from. Um, uh, this woman that I had sponsored, she she came from Colorado, and it's one of the things that they do in Colorado, um, the set aside prayer and. When she gave me the prayer, there's actually there's, um, six different places in the big book that it's all about setting aside um, my ideas, old ideas, setting aside prejudice, um, setting aside my belief system. And um, she took me through those six, six places in the, in the book to just, to, so that I could come into this, this new journey with her not knowing anything, you know, and... Um, it was it was such a it was such an opening to a new a new way of of my journey um, through the last ten years of my recovery. Is there some way you you know you could send that to me or something? <laughs> sure. Okay. How do we do that? And we'll get that contact information at the conclusion of the recording. Great. Thank you, Helen, for your question. Thank you. Any- yeah. Anyone else with a question for Terry this morning? I have a question. Maya? Judith. I hear Mary. Judith, and there was someone prior to Judith. Mary. Mary. Okay, let's start with Mary and then Judith, please. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm just beginning my 10th step. I've been working on it for a while, and it, it often goes, you, you know, pretty smooth. I can clean stuff up throughout the day. And I'm wondering if you can comment on, on this. Other people might have it also. That occasionally uh, I'll have a day where lots of stuff comes up and it just feels constant and uh, it feels really um, challenging to to clean it up with other people immediately, to call people. I'm working on building my fellowship. How do you handle... Um, when stuff comes up in the evening, uh, you know, late when you might not be able to call people or when you might not have access to a phone, um, do you always do a 10-step with other OA fellows um, or could it be others? Or uh, Yeah, I guess just how do you handle if there a lot of stuff comes up or if you don't have access to connecting with other OA fellows? Thank you. My experience with that, um, 
if I don't have, um, if I'm not, if I'm not doing ten stuff, there is going to be a lot of stuff that comes up in my eleven. I do a nightly review where, where if anything that I haven't taken care of during the day, that's when the rest of it comes up in step eleven, and I'm able to to uh, hand, turn that over to um, another recovered compulsive overeater in the morning. So. As I do that all day long, and, and that's what it is, like if I'm cleaning up all day long, that I'm not going to have a lot of stuff come up. But if I'm not cleaning up, that's when, you know, that's when I'm going to start getting into trouble. So for me, it's, it's mandatory that I, I clean that up ASAP because um, I, if I have too much in my head, I'm going to start getting into trouble. So if I have an immediate, I, I just pick up the phone or I text somebody and say I have an immediate. And I have a good support system with probably, you know, 10 to 15 women that I just text and say I have immediate, and I go right down until someone, you know, says, you know, I'm, I'm available, and then I, I pick up the phone and I talk it out. Or if, you know, if it's been a while and I haven't heard any heard from anyone, I'll write out that I'll write out the fears or or the um, resentment, so that at least I'm getting it out of my head. And then when someone's available, I can actually share that inventory with that person. Can I ask one more question about that? Mm-hmm. Do you do you um, try to have it? My habit has been to write it out before I call people. Um, do you try to write it out before you call people, or do, what do you think is necessary for that? Well, I think it's, it's I think it's all different. I think everyone might do a little bit different. For me, um, I know if it's in my head, I want to get it out. So I immediately I don't write it out if I can get a hold of somebody. Um, but if I can't get a hold of somebody, you know, it's been a little bit because we all, you know, we all have lives and we all work. You know, um, if I if I can't get a hold of somebody right off, then I'll write it out. So at least it's getting out of my head the paper, and then I'll share it. Thank you very much. That was very helpful. Thank you, Mary. Judith, please. Hi, Terry. This is Judith, recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Uh, thank you very, very much for your share. Um, I hope I can get this out clearly and succinctly. Um, I think I have an idea that it's important for me to ask my higher power to be with me around step 10. Um, I've just started getting into that work, and... Um, when resentments come up, as they do um, regularly, I uh, am now able to text or call someone in program, share it, let it go, and get a better grip for next time so that I'm not continuing the cycle. One thing that keeps coming up in my mind is, is this really cleaning house if I don't um, do as I did um in step nine and make amends with the particular person. For instance, just quickly, if I have some distress or resentment with one of my adult children, um, I will write about it, talk about it, let it go. And yet it seems like it's still stuck because I haven't made the direct amends to the person. I think I might be missing something in step 10. Um, so I'm not sure if I'm being clear, but if there's any um, clarity you can give on the Step 10 process in terms of the trigger of the person who the resentment is for. Thank you for uh, hearing me. Um, great question. Thank you. Thank you for the um, for the question. Um, for me, if I if I'm bumping out my my inventory with someone and I still you know I'm still having, you know, because I haven't cleaned up, I mean, it gives us clear-cut directions in step 10, you know, we discuss it with somebody immediately, which would be, you know, my step, my 10-step buddy, and you know, I make amends quickly, you know, if I've harmed someone. So um, I do, when I do the 10-step, you know, I walk it right through. So I'll do, you know, do my inventory, I'll talk out my inventory, um, I'll talk about the defects that came out of that inventory with, with, with my 10-step friends. Um, uh, you know, I talk about the, the defects that come up. Um, I take the seven-step prayer after that. So it's, it's kind of a process for me. It's not a long process, but it's a quick process. But I walk it right through. So I'll do, I'll do the seven-step prayer. Um, the eight-step, you know, um, is asked, do I, 
do I need to make any amends or is there a living amends that I can continue to do? You know, eight and nine, um, ten, you know, do I feel like this, this inventory is complete? Um, and, you know, I always say yes because I, I've done the work. It's thorough. And step 11, you know, I, I take it into step 11. I just thank God, you know, for this inventory and this process that I can, you know, be, be clear and, and unblocked. And then step 12, I turn myself, you know, I, I turn to, to another uh, another person, not, not necessarily the people in the program, but outside the program too. You know, who, how can I be of help today? You know, who can I be of service to? And so I walk it right through. So um, it sounds like maybe the um, amends process is where you're stuck. I don't know if that was, if, if that was helpful or not. But yeah. That's, Thank you, Judith, for the question. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Anyone else this morning with a question for Terry? Star one to unmute. Suji. Go ahead, Suji. Hello, everybody, and I'm so glad to be with you. And I think I have a big question, and I'll just preface it, that my, my dear 92-year-old second mother just passed away, and I am recovered in greater Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and very grateful. And my question is, how does your spiritual life in steps 10, 11, and 12 help you to deal with life matters of birth, death, or loss? And I pass. Thanks for the question, Sue. That's a great question. And um, for me, you know, this journey has been, you know, it's been a journey of ups and downs. And, you know, I've, you know, I've had a mother that, that passed away in, in my recovery. Um, three years ago, I, you know, I, I have three children and my middle son, you know, he was 26 at the time. And he uh, went up, to, you know, he was diving into this ocean and he went up on a cliff to dive off it. And, on this cliff, they have a 50-foot, you know, a 65-foot and a 75-foot. And usually the kids aren't even supposed to be up there jumping off, off the cliff, but they do. And my son went out for the first time and went up on the 65-foot cliff and jumped off. And not knowing that, you know, it, it was, you know, you weren't supposed to be up there. But when he asked the kids on the 50-foot ledge, you know, how to get down, they had already jumped. So he figured he could make it. And he jumped off that cliff and he never hit the water and um and that was some of the life stuff i you know he was um he broke every single bone in his body he shattered his feet um you know he was thank god he's alive today um but those were some of the things that really ten and eleven helped me with because I had so much not so much resentment but I had so much fear going on at the time and and thank God for sponsorship because you know, my sponsor kept saying, you know, Terry, you know, this is not about you. Do not make this about you. You know, you have a support system. Lean harder into God and uh, lean into lean into the fellowship. And, and that's what I did. You know, I, I leaned harder into the fellowship. And I always say, Sue, you know, um, you know, we always say, you know, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. But I say, you know, um, God doesn't give us more than we can handle. Sometimes life gives us more than we can handle. That's why we need God. So I get to go through these life situations, um, you know, with God's help because I, on my own power, you know, uh, I just, and I'm so grateful that we have a solution, you know, that we can go to 10 and 11, you know, and continue to do 12. And that's, that's you know, with others outside the fellowship too. So I've gone through a lot of life situations um, and I just leaned harder into God with those life situations. And my relationship has, you know, has, has been, I don't know, it's been, it's, I don't know, it's been more stronger, you know, because I've, I've you know, I just, I've had to lean more into God with, with those life situations. Thank you, Susie, so. for the question. Anyone Thanks. else? Star one to unmute. This is Marcella. Can I ask a question? Of course, Marcella. Go ahead. Um, thank you, Terry. It was great to hear you. Uh, just awesome to be here in the company of some of my sponsors. And um, I was going to ask a question. Um, how all these 
wonderful and very obvious spiritual fitness that you have talked about. How does it reflect in your in your relationship with your food and in your weight and your size and your shape? Thank you. Um, I had a hard time hearing that question. Um, I don't know if, if you can repeat it or if someone can help me out with that. I believe she wanted clarity regarding, you know, how has the step work uh, resulted, affected your weight? Oh, okay. Okay, yes. Um, you know, I didn't talk much about my weight. You know, I, I, I came into program that, you know, in 2000, 2004 I came in at 250 pounds. Um, you know, I've through the process and through, you know, having a food plan that works for me and weighing and measuring, you know, I've, I've been able to release 125 pounds and, and, and stay at a healthy body weight for the last nine years. Um, it's uh, been, been by the grace of God. I continue to weigh and measure today. Um, my food plan has not really changed. Um, I did, you know, I, I went to a nutritionist to, to uh, have that food plan, you know, um, made up for me. Um, I do do some exercise, um, uh, lifting weights that um, had, you know, she had to increase some of my food intake, which was, um, you know, adjusted to what I was doing for physical exercise. Um, it's been, it's just been, it's been a beautiful journey. It's not been, you know, today I get to live in between, you know, I get to live life in between meals. You know, the food is not a problem. You know, I turn my food over um, on a daily basis to another compulsive eater to keep me honest, because I know for me, I'm really dishonest around food, and that's, for me, I have to weigh and measure, and, and there's, there's no wiggle room for me, because I'm I'm dishonest. It's like, if you tell me I can have one apple, I'm going to go to Whole Foods and find the biggest apple. So, um, you know, the scale really helps me to stay honest, and it's not that I, I rely on the scale, it's, it's I rely on God to help me to stay honest today, and the scale the scale helps me to stay honest. So, that has been my experience. Thank you, Marcella, for that question. Thanks, Terry, for clarifying all that. Anyone else? Questions this morning? Leah, may I double dip? Go ahead, please. Thank you. This is Sarah. Um, Terry, just one other question. When you do a 10-step with somebody... Uh, how much feedback do you normally uh, give, and is that just dependent on situation? You know, I find myself, I always ask if people want, um, you know, not to just blurt out, you know, what I think, but I, oftentimes it helps me to hear feedback, so I'm just wondering what your take on that is. Thank you. Well, for me, I'm always open for feedback because I, I need, you know, I, I can see the truth. You know, I, I can see the truth when I'm, when I'm talking it out or if I've, if I've written it out. But I'm always open to feedback. And for me, when, when someone's 10-stepping with me, you know, I, I, if, if I see more truth in what their inventory is or, or what, they're, what they're sharing, I will always, you know, ask, ask them, you know, can we go back to selfishness? Is there, is, can you see any more selfishness in that in that resentment? You know, and I'll, I'll take them right through again so that they get to see a, a little bit more deeper truth in the resentment than than what they had on on paper or you know just by talking it out. Because um, for me, when you know when you've done this work, it's like it's so clear. Like it's more sometimes it's more clear to someone else than it is when you're doing it. So that's when I you know, that's when I bring them back. I'll say, you know, can we get a little bit deeper here in the selfishness or the dishonesty, you know, what was the lie you told yourself in this resentment? And it's been a really good process because we really get down deep and it's good. And I want, you know, when I tend stuff, I want the same, you know, I want the same thing. I'm always open for feedback because I, I, I want to see more truth. Thank you, Sarah, for the question. Anyone else? Morazi. Morazi, your turn. Thank you, Leah, for your service. Thank you, Terry. I so enjoyed hearing you this morning. Um, I have a 
um, question about your 10-step turnaround. Um, I have done them in the past. Um, I'm a bit of a structure fiend, and I was just wondering, do you have a set of particular questions that you ask someone who's doing the 10-step turnaround? I do. Like, um, in the inventory, yes, I do. When I'm when I'm hearing someone's 10-step, um, I'll take them right through right through from uh, 10 to 12. Um, not everybody does that, but I do that because it's like, um, for me, my experience has been sometimes when, when I haven't done it in the past, I still have those feelings come up. So it tells me something is not, I haven't cleaned something up. So by doing 10, uh, doing, um, you know, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12, you know, and walking through that process, it really helps me to not have to go back to that resentment or fear. So I do have I do have questions that I take them right through, and I pass those on. Thank you, Morzi. Anyone else? I'm sorry. I thought I was still unmuted. I I was wanting to know um, if I may, Leah. Um, yes. Um, I wanted to know, do you have those questions written down? Is there a sheet you have? Um, or are you just simply going from the book? I have those questions written down. And so I'm hoping at the end of this um, this share, then um, if I contact you, I could perhaps um, get those from you? Absolutely. Great. Thank you, Terry. Thank you again for your share. You're welcome, Laura. Thank you, Maura Z. Anyone else? This is Elaine. Elaine, your turn. Hi, Terry. Thank you so much for your awesome share and service. Um, my question is, as you begin to bring a sponsee into Step 12, working with others, what are some of the most important things that you feel they need to know or do as they begin to um, to do this work. I know it's often very uncomfortable for people to get started. Thank you. Well, my experience with that is um, I've had a lot of experience with, with sponsorship. And um, I think as you go, as you continue the journey with others, you know, you learn, you learn what works and what doesn't work. And, and for me, I have, you know, I have a sponsee ideal, which, you know, it's, it's everything that you know. It's, I give them the sponsor ideal, and it's, and the sponsor the sponsor ideal is everything that I'm willing to do to help them, and everything that I'm not willing to do. You know, like I'm not going to be the banker. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be hanging out with you. You know, so it's kind of an explanation of exactly what I do, and you know what we're going to do. Like I have some some things. Like I ask them to show up with, you know, a clean big book, you know, a highlighter, and and if I give assignments. You know, I ask that those assignments are completed. Um, we don't meet if they're not. So there's some clear-cut clear cut, um, suggestions and directions that I give them before we even start the work. And I will read that sponsorship ideal to them. And um, I have them go back home and take it into prayer meditation because not everyone's willing to do the things. And it's really about are you willing to go to any lengths, you know, um, through this process. And, and in step three, when, I, when we get to step three, you know, it talks about in page 58 at the bottom, you know, um, you know, in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length, then you're ready to certain steps. So when we get to that point, I have them actually sign that and um, because it's a commitment that they are willing to go to any length. And there's like three other places in the book that, you know, so when they start balking in four, I always take them back to page 58. So that's in my sponsor ideal that there'll be clear-cut directions, and and not everybody wants to do it. So, and I always tell them that you know it's it's not here to, to show up and you know be a conduit to God, and it's not really between me and them. It's about my job is to you know take them on this journey to get you know to, to form this relationship with God through the steps, and you know not everybody's willing and, and ready to do that. So I just tell them if they're not ready to use me as a support system, and and. Uh, you know, when they are ready and they want to do the work to to call me again. So I'm really clear on what my what my um, role is as a sponsor. 
culture. Thank you, Elaine. Anyone else? Star one to unmute. Going once. Twice. And it appears all lines are clear. Up, oh, did I hear somebody pop up with a question? Okay, perhaps not. Terry, thank you so much for your service this morning. It's been so informative and insightful. Thank you very much. And of course, contact information will be available at the conclusion of this recording. Thank you to all who asked questions, Sarah W., Anne-Marie, Helen, Mary, Judith, Suji, Marcella, Mara, and Elaine. And I'll close the meeting in the way we always close our meetings here on A Vision for You. And that is from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.